Good morning, Adventure Family. Let me try that again. Good morning, Adventure Family. Woo, yay. Good morning to those who are joining us online. Uh, how many of you know that relationships can be the most healing, the most affirming, the most accepting, the most defining thing in our lives, right? Relationships. Conversely, relationships can also cause the deepest pain, right? Anybody that's ever been hurt in here, raise your hand if you've ever been hurt by another human being. Seriously? You've never been hurt by another human being? Wow. <laughs> I want to live your life. <laughs> well, today we are going to be continuing our psalm series, but our focus really is on, on an issue that's kind of, it's kind of very, uh, very common it's spoken of frequently, and we're going to have real talk about church hurt. Just let that sink in for a minute. We're going to talk about church hurt. We're going to define what church hurt is. We're going to kind of talk about our family issues here at the adventure. Um, I'm going to take a time where we're going to have a time of repentance, which just means to Change your mind, a time of confession, which just means to agree with God about what you've done or what you haven't done. So if you would, please, um, let's just pray together. I know that this topic can be a little heavy. I apologize for those of you who are guests. Um, I hope that the Holy Spirit will, will be bringing some healing and some freedom to you as well this morning as we dive in here. So could you pray with me? Well, Heavenly Father, I just humble myself before you. Lord, I thank you that you are the way maker. You are the promise keeper. You are the light in the darkness. You're a miracle worker, Lord. I pray this morning, Holy Spirit, we welcome you to come and do a miracle. Do a miracle in this place. Do a miracle in our hearts. Lord, bring restoration this morning. Bring transformation, Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, and, and bring our relationships closer to one another. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. So today, uh, we're going to be talking about a psalm that uh, we're not going to cover the entire thing, but um, this psalm is Psalm 51. And a lot of people use this one to kind of um, 
maybe maybe condemn a little bit, but this psalm is really a freeing and a releasing psalm. There's a, there's a prayer in the middle of it that I frequently pray, and we're going to kind of focus on that this morning. But Psalm 51, starting with verse 1, this is the New Living Translation. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. Because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion and it haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say and your judgment against me is just. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me, but you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. And then I'm going to skip down to verse 16. It says, you do not desire a sacrifice or I'd offer one. You don't want a burnt offering, but the sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. Intense, isn't it? You do not desire a sacrifice or I'd bring one. He desires a broken and repentant heart. So what is church hurt? What comes to mind when you think of church hurt? Yeah. The pain, this is, this is the def, a definition that I found online. The pain sometimes inflicted by churches, religious or spiritual institutions that distances sufferers from their communities and from God. I know that there are those of you who have been hurt in other churches, in other religions. I know there's a lot going on in the body of Christ right now, yes, with the S- SBC the Southern Baptist, with Hillsong. I mean, everything's coming to light. You remember Ravi Zacharias and, and, and all of the allegations that came forward about him. There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of people that are being hurt. And you know, it says in the Bible that judgment begins in the house of God. The Lord is beginning. I, I've, I've said all along, I believe that Jesus has been detoxifying his bride through, through this last season. I believe God is getting us ready. God is preparing us for his return. And I believe that he wants his judgment to begin in this house. You know, I was just, last week I was just in Orlando at a, our, our Foursquare, which is our denomination. It's our covering at, at the connection. They call it connection. It's, it's a convention. It's a gathering for the International Church of the Foursquare Gospels. It's pastors, from, pastors and leaders from all over the, the world, essentially. There's national leaders from all over. 
And it kind of had a little bit of a pall over it because there was some allegations that had come out against one of the leaders in Foursquare. Um, he was a, a director of one of the colleges, not the one I went to, thankfully, but he, he was, um, there were just some things that were brought to light. And it started kind of a little bit of a ripple effect, and other people started coming forward, as, as often happens. It wasn't... Um, it wasn't as egregious as you might think. It was just, um, it was just some some inappropriate behavior, maybe some flirting and um, inappropriate again um, ways that that people were being treated by him, and it created a lot of hurt. But our president of of our denomination, he stood up. And he did a corporate repentance on behalf of the Foursquare denomination. And he stood up there and humbled himself, even though he wasn't even involved in this whole thing, but he stood as a representation of, of desiring to, to repent and to confess and to declare next steps in healing and uh, uh, an intolerance of inappropriate behavior and, and kind of overlooking things just because maybe somebody has a charismatic personality or they have a really big church or whatever, but just a, a, a real defense and a protection of the victims and also a restoration of the perpetrators. Um, it was in that that the Holy Spirit started to really prompt my heart. I know anytime you enter into a relationship, you are going to be hurt. I mean, you know, if you have a friendship, has anybody ever been hurt by a friend? You know, Psalm 41.9 says, My close friend whom I trusted, with whom I shared bread, has turned and lifted his heel against me. Many of us have been betrayed by friends. Anybody ever been in a relationship and been rejected by someone? Boyfriend, girlfriend? Yeah, anybody been in a marriage? Been hurt in a marriage at all? Anybody? Nobody wants to raise your hand. That's good. <laughs> I mean, the reality of it is anytime we get into a, a relationship, we risk the potential that we can be hurt. Yes? But does that mean that we stop having relationships? I heard a couple of yeses. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I remember one time I went to, um, to a restaurant and I got food poisoning. And it was, it was horrible. It was miserable. And it, it essentially lasted five days because I kept thinking, I need to eat something. And so I'd recontaminate my whole system. Anyway, that was dumb. Don't do that. By the way, if you have the stomach flu, just let your body flush it out. <laughs> That's better. But that didn't stop me from ever going back to a restaurant, right? I mean, getting hurt by people doesn't, doesn't help us if we just isolate from people, if we never open ourselves up again, if we never open our hearts up again. But as, as Dr. Angela talked last week about trauma, trauma sometimes causes us to do things we may not normally do. Trauma and grief make us do things that are not typical. Anybody ever grieved? Hear what I'm saying? But this is church. 
I mean, I always say if, if you are looking for the perfect church, don't go in because then you'll soil it. Right? No such thing. No such thing. As long as there are imperfect people in church, there will be imperfect churches. However, for our family, for our body, we want to acknowledge the hurt that we have inflicted upon people. There's a book called A Church Called Tove, Forming a Goodness Culture That Resists Abuses of Power and Promotes Healing. And here is a quote in here, and this is the, this is the heartbeat of, of this church, of the leaders of this church, is we are defending the redemptive value of the church. In other words, the church is so important. Even if people have been hurt by church, it doesn't mean that you don't continue to, to try to make things work out, try to resolve things, try to do it in a godly way, right? Amen? So we are defending the redemptive value of the church while at the same time accepting the truth that broken and fallen people within the church, including pastors and other leaders, will sin. Sometimes in shameful and damaging ways. A lot of church hurt comes through leaders. Some church hurt comes from other people, but some comes from leaders. Much of it comes from leaders. And, and I think that we're, we excuse hurt from other human beings easier than we excuse hurt from Christians, from other believers, right? Because we think, if I go to church, that's a safe place. I'm not going to get hurt in church. This is what we think. This is our hope. And that would be beautiful, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be awesome if you'd never get hurt again in church? But the reality of it is that we do. We do. Psalm 19, 12, it says, Who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. I firmly believe, at least I know at, in this family, there are not I can't name anybody that I think would ever intentionally hurt another person. I know there are people like that, but I also know that most, most believers in Jesus, most disciples of Jesus don't want to hurt people, right? It's, it's very unusual if somebody is actually intentionally hurtful to someone else. But I want to say that sin, even unintentional, doesn't diminish the pain experienced by those affected by it. And that's the case here in our church. I know that there have people that have been hurt unintentionally, and they are, are broken over it. But we believe with all of our hearts that we are to love God and to love people. And that's why I'm having this conversation today to just get this out in the light and just talk with you guys about this and to just, just be honest and confess. I mean, I'm taking a risk because, you know, you guys could totally judge me. Some of you already are, <laughs> which is okay. We're going to talk about some family matters. Um, if you are new here, if you're a guest here, I'm just going to give you a brief overview. So 
Um, in 2016, the Lord had made it really clear that I was supposed to become the senior leader. And um, my husband was going to become a teaching pastor and a co-pastor. And he was really, he was planning to do a lot of traveling over to Asia and, and visit our churches in the Philippines and Taiwan. And he really, um, his heart was more global. So um, I became the senior pastor on January 1st of 2016. And then six weeks later, he unexpectedly passed away. Well, that was like a hand grenade went off in the midst of our church. For those of you who were here, it was shocking. It was traumatic. It was horrific. It was horrific. And then the fallout of that was that people just started leaving in droves. And I understand. You know, I understand why they left, but it was hurtful to those of us who stayed. It was very, very painful. And then we were just starting to get excited. 2020, we had our vision, of course. Remember? 2020. Woo! Remember January of 2020? Remember what you were, what you were living at that time? I mean, it was just like a party. It's like, yes, 2020. And we had this huge celebration. It was so much fun. It was such a blast. And then what happened? <sighs> Woo! COVID, COVID. Right? <laughs> then COVID hit. We're like, what? Why? We were just starting to get our, our bearings. And then COVID. And then we lost a whole bunch of other people. A bunch of other people left the family. And that hurt. And we were traumatized. I, I want you to understand, I'm not saying this for a pity party. I'm really not. I'm not saying it to, to try to get anyone to, to feel badly. Or I'm just trying to lay a, a foundation and lay a groundwork to explain what I'm about to bring to you. Um, we were traumatized. And, you know, like Angela talked last week, we were like this. Our brains were just, and we did a lot of really stupid things. We made a lot of mistakes, nothing intentional. We, we would never intend to hurt anyone. And I'm not trying to stir up this curiosity in you about, you know, what was it? it let me just dispel. It was not sexual sin. It was nothing that was illegal it was just interpersonal things. But James chapter 4, starting with verse 7, says, So humble yourselves before God. And in this process, that is what the pastors and leaders have been doing. You know, I do believe that there are principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness, and I brought this up a few weeks ago, and I kind of talked about it the next week in my message explaining spiritual warfare, which is a reality. But I do believe that the evil one never gives us a day off. He never says, oh, they're hurting as a church. I'm just going to leave them alone. I believe that's when he pounces. Anybody with me on this? Yeah? Anybody been pounced on when you were weak? I mean, I remember after, after my husband died, it was like literally one thing after the other just came at me. I mean, it was unbelievable. I said I was writing the sequel to Job called the Book of Job. 
I mean, it was bad. And the enemy did not give us a day off. He didn't. He, he just kept pummeling us. And, um, and there has been, as I mentioned, there has been a lot of spiritual things that have come against us. I do believe that we have been targeted as a church that, that the enemy hates. I can just say that. Can I say that? Can I use the hate word in church? This is one, one area where I believe it, it is pertinent. The devil hates us. He hates you. He does not want you to be free. He does not want you to be reconciled. He does not want you to be transformed. He does not want you to have healthy and solid relationships. I promise you. He wants to do everything to thwart that. But we have been humbling ourselves. And then it says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. We have been trying to do whatever we can in our own power to, well, with the help of God, let me say that, to examine our own hearts, to examine our own actions, to examine our attitudes, and to try to come before God humbly and and broken and repentant, like it says in that psalm. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The more that you humble yourself before God, the more that you resist the devil, he has to flee. He can't stick around. And then it says in verse 8, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. This is what we have been trying to do is purify our hearts. Just going before the Lord saying, God, show us. Show us where we've been wrong. Show us where we have hurt others. Show us our own dysfunction. God will come close to you. (laughs) For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. I'm going to read a little statement here. I want to read it because I don't want to biff it, so I don't want to misspeak. Um, considering recent events here at the adventure, we are recognizing that there are dysfunctional systemic issues that have come to our attention. We are here to openly confess and repent of some of these areas, including unhealthy patterns, secrets, and blind spots. Our desire is to model our compassionate God And we yearn to honor him and follow his example in how we interact with people. We also realize that in our unresolved trauma and pain, we have wounded, neglected, and inflicted pain on the very people we are called to love, to nurture, and to care for. And for this, we are deeply deeply sorry. We, the pastors and leaders of the adventure, come to you in humility and repentance. Now the following list, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to talk about some of the systemic dysfunction. Again, knowing that I'm taking a risk, but I, I just want to honor the Lord. I believe God has called me to do this as well as our pastoral team. We, the pastors and leaders of the adventure, come to you in humility and repentance. Now, the following list is not exhaustive. 
I want you to understand that I know that there are many other things that may have potentially happened. This list is not exhaustive, but it is, it is kind of a generalist. And I, and I realize that there are many other forms of sin and mistreatment that may have taken place. And even if you're coming in here from another church and you're, and you're coming in with pain and brokenness and church hurt, we want to stand in the gap and we want to stand and, and take responsibility for spiritual leaders that may have hurt you. Because this is, these things ought not to be. Shepherds are supposed to be the ones that help lead and guide and care for and nurture and nourish. We are standing in the gap and asking for forgiveness on behalf of other pastors and leaders of other churches of which you may have been a part. Now, we do not in any way justify either our actions or their actions, but rather we are confessing and asking for forgiveness for ways in which you have been wounded and or traumatized. So I and the staff pastors here, we repent of the following things. We repent of dismissing your trauma or denying your emotional issues, denying your pain. This one is for me personally, preventing your process of grief after Eric passed away by making you feel that you couldn't question the Lord. I know that I hurt a lot of you in that, and I apologize. I am so sorry. We repent of counseling those who are in unhealthy or harmful situations to merely submit to be more Christ-like and to just do better. I'm truly, truly sorry. I'm repenting of betraying your confidence and exposing you or uncovering you to other people. I'm just truly, truly sorry. Repent of not appreciating you or expecting too much of you without realizing your situation. I'm repenting of engaging in enthusiastic behavior leading to overpromising without follow-up. I know that's hurt a lot of people, and I'm sorry. I repent for being hasty and laying on of hands, placing people in leadership roles, either without knowing them well enough or roles for which they may not have been prepared. I know that you've been hurt by this. I repent for using the God card by saying, well, God spoke to me or us to either manipulate or justify or defend. I repent for making you feel judged by us in any way, if we have made you feel that way. We do not want this to be a place of judgment unless it's the judgment of the Lord. I repent for just a general lack of communication. This is something that we are committed to working on, to getting better at with outside help, with consultation. 
and inside help. And I repent for a miscommunication of our vision. There are times where, I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. And I didn't know how to lead. Because I was in trauma. And so I know that I, I didn't lead well. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you were hurt. And I know that I abandoned my team in my pain. And I know they were traumatized too. We are committed to the Lord and to you to doing whatever we can within our own power to make reparations for those who have been hurt by us. We are planning to do this by God's grace. We need God's grace. We are seeking outside professional help and counsel to come in and work with us. We are working to resolve our own individual trauma and pain and to the best of our ability to help assist anyone else who has also been hurt by helping them to find healing and freedom in Jesus. That's what we need, right, family? Healing and freedom in Jesus. There, it can be found no other place. You might heal some things externally or maybe some behavioral patterns, but a deep healing only comes from Jesus, and we're committed to that. We're committed to being accountable and to moving forward in healing. Could I invite the, the pastoral staff to come up? They said that they didn't want me to bear the weight of this on my own. They're such good people. They're flawed people, but they're amazing human beings. Thank you, Carmen. All right, that's good. And that should be enough. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to make this super heavy, but I, I am standing here in obedience. I know I believe that the Lord has asked me to do this, and so I just want to ask for forgiveness. We want to ask you for forgiveness. for ways we've hurt you or the ways that other spiritual leaders may have hurt you, whether it was in another church or another religion or a cult. And I know that there are a lot more ways that people can be hurt in church. I mean, really far more egregious than anything we we are confessing to you today. And I just want to say I'm truly sorry for those things too. And we are standing here as representatives of those who are called to shepherd the flock of God. I also want to ask this morning that um, if you're a believer in Jesus, if you, if you name the name of Jesus, you are a disciple. I want to ask that you examine your own heart this morning too. Because in church, people hurt one another as well. 
And if you could just invite the Holy Spirit to illuminate in your own heart ways that you may have hurt others or ways that you may have hurt um, pastors and leaders. You know, I remember when I first um, when I first became a Christian, um, my pastors found out that I um, had a degree in music, and so um, they they asked me to become the worship leader. And then about two weeks later, I was sitting in an office with them, and they looked at my husband and they said, "You're going to be the new worship leader." And I just sat there, and I was devastated. I felt overlooked, I felt abandoned, I felt rejected. I mean, it was a deep, deep, deep wound in me. But I want to say that about three months later, the Holy Spirit started to work in my heart and started to illuminate to me how my bitterness and my unforgiveness and my offense was keeping me from receiving everything that Jesus had for me. So I do want to ask, and not in any kind of an accusatory way, but just to examine your own heart. Because we've all hurt other people, have we not? Um, could you just put that prayer up again? The, could we just say this together? Would you stand, please? This is the King James Version. This is, this is one that I used to say when I was growing up in the Lutheran Church. We would say this every single week. And it really has truly become one of my regular prayers. Could you just open yourselves up and, and pray this with me? <clears throat> Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit. Is it not up there? Okay. Okay, it's okay. Our video team's amazing, aren't they? Yeah. We thank you guys. <laughs> I know it's hard. <clears throat> By the way, if you want to sign up, let them know. Anyway, that was, a, that was free. It's up. Okay. Can we read this together? Create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. That's our, that's our prayer. So next steps. Um, we are available today to pray with you. If, you. if you need prayer or if you need to confess or if you need to confront, I do ask that you confront in a way that honors the Lord. Confront in a biblical way. This isn't a time to lash out at someone. This is a time for restoration of relationships and transformation. Amen? So we are available. We will be down here for prayer. Also, um, you can contact us. 
I hesitate to say email because I, I, I do believe face-to-face -face is always the best way to communicate, especially hurt and pain. But we want to hear um, if we've hurt you and we want to ask forgiveness. We don't want anything to hinder us from seeing God's kingdom come and his will be done. Amen. So, do any of you want to say anything? Or no? Okay. We don't have a mic anyway. Oh, we do have a mic. Um, this is Pastor Kelly. Can you give him a hand? You know, I, I just want to reiterate, too, that, you know, this is the, the beginning of, of the change. You know, this is something that we're looking at and discerning not only ourselves, the culture, but this is a, us telling you that we're, we want to hear. Yeah. We want to put in the process and things that are never going to allow these types of things to happen again. Mm -hmm. I think that is what real repentance is. It's not just someone coming up and saying, you know, I'm really sorry, but changing the way they behave, putting things into place that help them to be successful and victorious yeah. in this area, you know, and that we're just, there won't be a, a toleration for the things that have happened in the past any longer. Yeah. And that's yeah. where we're standing here is that we want to see this change can happen and happen effectively and through the power of, of what the Lord wants to do in us and through you. And, and that's my, my promise to you. This is what I told the, county, the Utah County campus last night was that I'm you know, promising you as a pastor here that this will change mm -hmm. and that this will not kind of be tolerated any longer amongst our ranks. That's right. And we need your accountability to help do that. Yeah. I mean, we, we serve you, the people. We serve the Lord and we serve you. And so we, this is only going to, to change if we as a family are in agreement in this. That's right. And that we want to see this, this change. Thank you. And that's what I'm devoting myself to. You, Lord. Mm. you know, this is, this is my home. And I want to see my home blossom and healthy and living in a way that honors the Lord fully and totally. And I hope that you'll walk with us in that because it's, it's important that we do this together. That's right. Amen. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you. Just to uh, add to that, humility is the key here. Humility and um, grace. As God has poured his love and grace into you. That's how he wants us to, to come to each other. Whether we need to confront one another about a hurt that has been caused by that person. Um, I heard this beautiful quote, and it's, it's biblical, it's because the Bible says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. And that's where we are at today. We are humbling ourselves before the Lord first, and before you guys as, 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 a, as the body of Christ. But someone said, humility brings freedom. And I love that. Isn't that great? Humility Amen. brings freedom. And that's what we all want, don't we? Amen. We all want freedom in Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I just, um, I just admonish you lovingly to approach any type of confrontation um, in your relationships with the love of Christ and with the grace that he has so freely poured into you 
to extend that grace. And I know there are deep, deep wounds, some of which some of us have caused and we've been hurt. But no matter how deep the wound is, allow that time with Jesus for him to just pour into you the love that he poured out to you first. Amen? Amen. Love you guys. He's distancing himself from us. He's never hurt anybody. Seriously. <laughs> just a couple things before we pray. I, I, I just want to say, if you know, don't let, don't let the enemy get hold of your thoughts. Don't start to get really suspicious. Don't sit there and try to figure out. It's, um, I mean, we're trying to be transparent and honest and open here, but don't, don't let the enemy get in there and start to cause suspicion because that's not from the Lord. Love always hopes, always trusts, always perseveres. Um, yeah, and I, I just, I also want to say um, that we are committed to this process. We're committed to being everything we can be in Christ and seeing, and seeing him glorified. So may, may I just ask you on behalf of myself and the pastors and standing in the gap for spiritual leaders, will you please forgive us for how we've hurt you and disappointed you and neglected you? Will you please forgive us? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I also want to say uh, we have... Dr. Angela there, she specializes in trauma and, and reconciliation. And um, if you need, need to talk to her, um, I would strongly recommend. She gives great counsel. And, and also, you know, we can recommend some therapists if you need, if you need counseling. I'm not going to promise we're going to pay for it. But, <laughs> but we can recommend um, if you need additional help. And I'm not just saying just from us. I'm saying just in general. So, anyway, I'd like to pray over you guys, if you would allow me. Well, Father, I just want to thank you so much for these amazing human beings that you've sent here. Lord, I thank you for their grace. Lord, I thank you that even though they have been wounded, even though they've been hurt and disappointed, Lord God, you remain. Your love never fails, Lord. You have called us to forgiveness Lord, you have called us to transformation. You have called us to restoration. And Lord, as, as we humble ourselves before this church, Lord, we do ask, God, that you would bring transformation in us and in this church. Lord, you would bring restoration in relationships. God, starting with our relationship with you and then with one another, Lord. Let us resolve our issues in a way that honors you and glorifies you. And I do pray against gossip. I pray against slandering others. I pray against suspicion. In the name of Jesus, I ask God that, that our words would be gracious, Lord, toward one another and merciful. And I do pray, God, that you would help each one of us to walk in freedom. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. I love you guys. Thank you for... Um, allowing us to 
speak to you this morning about this. Again, um, we're going to be down front. If, if you have something that you need prayer for or you just need to talk, please come up and, and we would love to minister to you. So God bless you. We'll see you next week.